Look, we kind of talked yesterday about the start of training camp. Obviously, we're going to continue today, day two. We're still in helmets and shorts. Thank you. We're in helmets and shorts right there. Continue with some red area work today, really more in the high red area. Continue with our progression right there. And again, right now, we're still focused on really the fundamentals, the communication, getting our guys in football shape. So that being said, I'll open any questions I could ask for you. Coach, got to ask you, Kelvin Benjamin, we saw what happened yesterday. You made some comments to certain members of the media last night about not getting a fair shot. What exactly happened if you could get into a little bit with Kelvin? Yeah, look, so I'm not going to go in any specific situation with a player. Uh, I'm always going to have respect for the player. Anything we share between the player and the coach, and then obviously Dave, you know, we're going to keep between us right there. So I'm going to make sure that, you know, I respect anything that we say in confidentiality and we talk directly with them. That being said, guys, there's 32 teams make roster moves every day. This is really no different. Uh, we decided to make a move that we thought was best for the team, and that's going to be the category that falls in any move we make. We're going to always make a selection that's best for the team. I wish him well. I wish him best of luck going forward. Uh, no ill will, and I hope he has success somewhere. Joe, how did you react to the, the quote where he said that you were a know-it-all who cusses all the time, like kind of made it personal? The cussing part? I mean, look, I got some colorful language at times. I think you're out of practice. You watch. You guys can figure that out. Uh, listen. I know how to clean it up at the right time, too. I don't curse in front of, you know, my wife. I'm not going to curse in front of your kids, your wife, grandmothers, my mother, whatever it is. To be honest with you, I can't specifically tell you exactly what it is, but it's a little bit different when you're out there, kind of heat of the moment, in practice, teaching. Sometimes colorful language happens. Uh, you know, one thing I do have is a rule here. You know, we're never going to attack anybody personally. So there's certain things, and maybe cuss words, we're never going to direct at a player. So there are certain times you have to use something for emphasis or something comes out because a certain amount of energy you have on the field at the time. However, we're never going to attack any player personally. Now, I don't care if you say that as a cuss word or anything else. We're never going to lie. We're always coaching mistakes. We're correcting the position. All right, and we're helping the person. We're never attacking a person directly. Joe, you said you know, 32 teams make roster moves. You don't usually see a scene like that. Do you wish that was handled differently, communication before you guys got out on the field yesterday? Look, sometimes things happen a certain way and you just got to keep on going. So everyone makes moves in different ways. Things happen in different circumstances. Uh, I'm not going to overanalyze or dissect what happened specifically yesterday or any one move. Things happen differently all the time. So, guys, it is what it is. Uh, again, I wish them well. Um, you know, hope to see them do well somewhere else. How did you think the offense looked yesterday? Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of positives to build off, you know, with day one. You know, the first thing that stuck out was our players and condition they were in. You know, our guys really moved around well yesterday. They responded to the uh, training regiment. It was a much different look than what we had last year, to be honest with you. You know, last year, day one, we had a lot of guys that were, you know, further behind physically than they are right now. And I think that's just for a lot of guys that's being in the system for a year and understanding, you know, what we have to do day in, day out in terms of practice and how we want to train to play in the games. I think for the new guys coming in, we've done a good job explaining to them and getting them incorporated through the spring and their summer training of what they're expected to do and make sure they come out here. I, I was really proud of the conditioning part of the test, the way the guys came out, everyone made it, and that definitely carried over day one. Joe, what did you see out of Evan last year, your first year with him, and, and how much better can he be you know, in this system for a second year? You know, how much, you know, what's, what's the ceiling there? One thing every player can improve every day. One thing I'll say from Evan that I've always noticed from him from day one is this guy comes to work and he does everything that's asked of him. He does it with a positive attitude and he always puts the team first. Uh, he's a guy we have a lot of expectations for internally. Uh, he's a guy that we rely on for a lot of things. He brings a lot of leadership to our team. He's a positive attitude guy. He's someone that the team knows that through how he works and prepares, they can rely on. He's been a positive influence in our locker room. I'm excited to have him on the field. He's a guy that comes out every day and just improves a little bit every day. And right now, it's what we're asking from all of our players. So in terms of any kind of projections or ceilings of where someone can be, we, we can all do our jobs 
better. We're gonna always make sure that we help each other along the way. It's our job to give them information and guidance that they can take that next step, and that's for every player. Because he's so, he obviously is so talented, his skill set. He seems to be a lightning rod here. The fans feel like they always want more out of him. Is it, do you sense that external pressure out there because of you know his talent level? Now, I think there's always external pressure and external you know expectations. We have to keep our focus very narrow and keep it on the present. You know, we can't do anything about six months from now. We've got to go day by day. So the expectation is to come to work every day, do your job best you can. Let's be detailed in how we work. Let's put the team first. Joe, what do you remember about, I guess, 11 months ago when you get word on your desk of, you know, Xavier's going to be out, you know, broken foot, be out 10, you know, your first 10 games of your career, first 10 games of his career. You know, what's your initial reaction to that? I mean, I know you move on and, you know, you've got to move on, but it, it, it's a downer, isn't it? Well, the first thing is, you hate it for the player. You, you genuinely feel bad for any player when they get hurt. All right. Uh, we want to make sure we always put our players in every position to be safe and stay on the field. Now, I know how much it means to him. He's a guy that definitely loves the game. He comes out, he works extremely hard. Uh, he's very attentive in meetings. He's a great communicator with us in terms of what he does and doesn't understand what he needs more help with. He was really having a good day of practice that day he got hurt. So, you know, for us, when you get that news, you see him go down. You don't know exactly where it's at. Initially, you kind of move on through practice, knowing you have to make some adjustments. But in the back of your mind, you are thinking about that player and where that's going to go. You know, our focus really went right away when we found out that he was going to be out for a duration of, okay, what can we do to help him along the way? What you can't have is put someone on a back burner and think when they come back, we'll go ahead and start all over with them. So for us, the focus for Zay was just keep him moving every day. He'll do physically what he can do with the trainers and strength coaches. Mentally, as coaches, we have to keep him involved. And that includes extra meetings, uh, some of the virtual meetings where our guys are a little bit more on their feet and walking around and kind of getting some of the things simulated. Uh, we teach in different ways, so we don't always teach sitting in a chair. Uh, but we want to make sure we can simulate as much as we can for him and keep him progressing. And he did a great job of that. We gave him assignments last year in terms of the other opponents, kind of giving a preview on personnel and some scheme-based things. And that really helps grow the player and their understanding of the opponent and then how they have to just shape their thinking around getting ready for a game. It changes every week. He did a really good job for us last week. The other thing, too, is not to cut you off for that. The other thing about him, too, is you want to give these players in these situations a platform to have to present to their teammates. And that gives not only them confidence in the material they're studying, they'll talk to their teammates and building that communication they don't get on the field in practice. It gives the teammates confidence in understanding how they're preparing and just seeing them progress. So that when we did get them back later in the season and the goal was to build him in over time to make sure that he was set to go, that he was ready to go and he was able to make an impact for us down the stretch. Those last games, the last few games you got a bunch of snaps. The last one he got, you know, yes. all the snaps. Did that give you a taste for, okay, this is the player we thought he was? We didn't need that to see that he was going to be the player we thought he was going to be. That he had a lot of potential and he works hard. Uh, that was just really the first time at the end of the year that he was able to physically go out there and do that load of play to give himself an opportunity to make some of the plays he made. We saw uh, Daniel and Kenny uh, getting some time in after practice. Um, how, how important is that for a quarterback and a receiver to start, you know, work on their timing and their and their you know rapport as they you know go along with training? Well, it's critical for any position, but especially for the skill positions with the quarterback. Everybody's unique, so we have to understand that everyone runs routes differently. So as much as Daniel, Mike, and Clayton can get with our receivers and just really learn those players, that just helps them play with more anticipation, play more aggressive, deliver the ball where it's going to be. You know, it's training camp, so we're all working on our fundamentals, our communication, but I keep talking about the chemistry within the units. You know, these things we have to build up. So whether it's Daniel with the receivers, whether it's the safeties watching extra tape with the corners, make sure we're on the same page communication-wise, anticipating a motion or a shift pre-snap, all right, whether it's our linebackers working with the front, the offensive line getting extra tape of watching blitz pickup reels right there, it's critical that everyone puts an extra time at this point. 
to really go ahead and make up some time. And to be honest with you, the, the reality is the way the rules are right now, and they just are what they are, but it's a shorter day for the players. It's only an 11 hour day. Look, our guys are generally in the building for a 7.30 start. They're leaving at 6.30. There's a lot of time on the back end. And what we preach to our players is the things you've really got to manage are, you know, your time and preparation. Everyone needs personal time away. We need time to rest. You need time to look, call your mother, call your wife, you know, have a little bit of personal time to tune down what's a favorite TV show, some of our guys are video games, whatever it is, but you've got to structure that time accordingly. Now, on top of that, Physically, we have to let our bodies recover. That takes the extra massages, uh, extra time hydrating or getting treatment with our trainers and nutritionists, uh, whether we get into some of the uh, cold tubs, extra stretching, whatever it may be. You gotta work to keep your body healthy. If this doesn't happen, that's the biggest difference I think from a lot of these guys going from college to the league, is they assume because they've always been a great athlete and they've never had to worry about injuries, they don't really mess with the training room. We're a little bit different. I try to bang on that drum every day of get in the training room. If you're not hurt, have prehab. Don't wait till it becomes rehab. Let's stay on this physically, make sure the season's a lot longer. There's less numbers, there's a greater intensity. We're not gonna rely on, you know, a team of walk-ons going out there and taking every you know, rep for us for scout teams. All of our players play every rep. And the way we practice in terms of repping everyone all the time, we gotta make sure that everyone can recover to go out there and repeat it and do it again. And the flow of our training camp is built. You know, you'll see we have kind of morning practices, then we go in that later practice, give the players extra time to recover, followed by a walkthrough, get their legs back on them, then we go ramp it up for a tougher part later in the week. Um, but in terms of how they handle that time away from that, it's critical. So where's Kadarius? Where's Kadarius in his progression? Yeah, he had a good day yesterday with the trainers. We're going to keep on ramping him up right there. I can't speak directly for Kadarius of where he's at, other than what I've talked with the trainers. Um, obviously, we're going to take him kind of day by day. Is he going to be participating in yeah. some drills today? He'll spend the majority of time with the trainers, ramping up. And we've got a number of guys that are doing that right now. we guys that are coming off that COVID list. And again, I just keep referring. We keep going back to last year of what we learned and every player was truly different. We had guys come back last year where they were a little bit winded early in the phase, but they responded quicker. A lot of times based on what the symptoms may have been or you know how hard they were hit with the virus, that can reflect in when they come on back. So in terms of Kadarius, we're gonna do everything we can do with him in kind of a short span on the field. He'll be out there doing a little bit of stuff in a controlled situation, more special teams and fundamental related. And the rest of the time he's gonna be with the trainers getting ready. And then when he's not with them, he's gonna be back with the team so he can listen to get mental reps on each play. Okay. So about, uh, getting better every day and whatnot. I'm just kind of curious from last year, unique year obviously for you as, your, as a first year time. Um, what are the things, a couple of tangible things that you took from last year that maybe you learn most as you, as you enter this, this second camp here for you? In terms just, of just as a team just in general? For you personally as a head coach, just kind of, are there a couple of tangible things you could talk about that that maybe you took out of last year, whether you're going to want to get better at them, whatever it is. I'm sure there's a million things you want to get better at. Them. I think the majority of my job is really managing time and managing people. And that's the biggest thing I'm always trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing. You know, when I structure a practice, going back and looking at last year, how did that work out for us? You know, the notes on the end of the day, how was practice that day? What were the shortcomings and what was something that was beneficial? All right, the time management of time away to get the players back and get them healthy. The time management in the season of meeting with the coaches to make sure that, you know, I give them enough time to prepare. And we also spend enough time together as a staff to be on the same page. So there's a lot of things in the time management part. On the people, to be honest with you, I spent a lot of time this off season really working with different specialists in different realms, whether it was, you know, sports psychologists, uh, generational experts. Uh, I've talked a lot with some Navy SEALs guys in the off season. I've talked a lot with, you know, different coaches in different sports, whether it be, you know, professional across the women's basketball. I'm, I'm trying to find out how different people hit players because we've got an array of, you know, different backgrounds. We also have different generations. It's important to understand the difference in the millennials, Generation Z, and also the effects that COVID's had. You kind of look at guys, this Generation Z that's more on the front end of college or the back end of high school, it's really a subset of that generation. It's really the COVID Generation Z. 
and it's within that same generational frame, but there's actually differences in the personalities been reflected through what they've been exposed to. To me, it's important to understand that each person has a different story. We have to find a way to reach them, but then also understanding as a generation of players, guys, the reality is it's different coaching rookies and coaching Kyle Rudolph. They're just two different subsets. One guy's got a family and kids. One guy's just getting out of college and he's you know been focused more on shoe deals and combine preparation for the last part of the year. And we got to get the guys on the same page to go ahead and play successfully. So. Are those external things you did this offseason, probably stuff you just didn't have time to do leading into last year or maybe hadn't thought about doing? I'd say I was able to spend more time on the people aspect. Uh, I'd say the time part last year, I was definitely working the same way on it. Uh, you just have more experience with your team, with this setting, what you can improve here. Uh, in terms of the people, um, I'm always doing research. I'm always trying to find different ways. This year is just a major focus of mine to make sure that, you know, one thing that I always want to hit on is I don't want to miss on a person. Sure. I don't want to miss on it. And one of the most important things we have to do is evaluate our team and make sure that we don't put someone on the street that could help us win, that we don't misevaluate because we can't, you know, see through maybe a shade of a personality to see who someone really is deep down. Coach, one. Joe, sorry, quick question for the television show yep. about your three coordinators. How would you define their roles as table setters in your system, and what tweaks are you making in year two that will have some impact on what they do? Well, I think the tweaks are coming more internally in terms of them working with their staff specifically. You know, last year we had to get on the same page, and we eventually did, and that took some time, and that's just natural of any program in year one. So I think just the experience of, you know, Pat, Jason, and T-Mac of working with everybody, you know, that right there has enabled them to kind of redistribute some responsibilities for me to sit down with them and make sure we get the right people doing the right breakdowns, right reports, you know, handle the right area of focus. You know, in terms of T-Mac, look, every one of our coaches, you watch practice, they all coach special teams. So it's important catching everybody up on not only the fundamentals and the scheme, but to be able to go on the field and coach because we don't want two guys coaching 90 guys. Okay, we've got a big coaching staff. We have good coaches. I want everyone here coaching say it all the time. So when we go to special teams, we're going to go ahead and designate certain coaches, maybe stay with their position, work on something specific, and everybody else to work with the kicking game. But it's all of our responsibility to coach every player in every aspect. Um, the first part in terms of them setting the table, I'd say ultimately, you know, we talk as a staff, uh, we deliver the message of what the tone's going to be for the week, what the message is going to be for the week, or what our mentality is going to be as a team. But then you have to give ownership to the coordinators within their specific units. And then you have to give position coaches ownership as well. I truly see the position coaches as the head coach of their position. I see the coordinators as the same way. We've got to make sure that those units have an identity, that they can take on their own personality. And the guys that are working with them day in, day out, every hour of the day, they get a really great feel for that. And they can go ahead and extend that and make sure that they set the table with that culture. It's all got to fit within the big team feel, the big team culture. But having a subset of that and having you know their angle that fits within the team concept you know, we want to promote that. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.